Sure. It's amazing what one point can make a difference, hey? Come on. Literally over these last three weeks, it's been three points. Like I'm like, come on, one point can make such a difference. I want to let you know one God can make more of a difference in your life when we serve Him. So we're going to trust Him. Before we get into prayer, I just want to give you a little bit of an introduction uh, to the sermon that we are starting. And it's called God Can. Um, that's the reason I'm not wearing a Springbok jersey right now, just so that you understand. Um, but it is our God Can series, five-part series. You don't want to miss out. Stay with us all the way to the end. I trust God is going to work mightily through that uh, sermon series. So um, maybe just to kick off, I, want, I was wondering, um, are there any honest people here today? Any honest people? Give me a sh- wave. It's very scary if we only have about five honest people in the church today. Actually, well, the church is the hospital for the broken, so welcome. It's good to have you here. Come on, can I be honest with you guys today? Can I shoot straight with you? I work in the church. I'm part of staff here, and I'm one of the dream teamers here at View Church. And I want to let you in on something, like a confession. Sometimes I find it difficult to trust God. Any of you ever share that? How many of you ever been in that position? Like, you know God can. But you just wonder, like, sometimes, can I trust Him? A- am, I, am I in that, that moment? I want to trust God sometimes, but I just find it a little bit difficult. Hey, there's moments where you're going, like, it's easier to say, trust God, He's got this. And then you know in that situation, you're going like, I know He does, but does He? Am I the only one? Come on, you guys are like, this guy is preaching, standing up there telling us that there's, and and I'm going somewhere with this. You might be able to relate. I love God and I believe God and I still believe uneasy sometimes about the future. Like I don't think it's very hard to throw a stone and hit something that feels like a problem these days. Hey, how many of you just turn on your social media and see what's going on in Jerusalem and Palestine at the moment? Hey. Like how many of you just drive down the road and you see such poverty and and people living in such kind of like desperate situations? How many of us have been in that place where you wake up and you're going, the interest rate again? And you're just, you're going like, God, I trust you. But I just find it difficult sometimes because I face situations that, that make it seem a little bit more difficult for me. And I, there is, however, a lot of stuff that you can see, but sometimes we can't see God. So maybe you're like, God, if I could just see you, maybe that would help. <laughs> but God, what I can see is after the first week of the month, I open up my bank account and there's nothing in there. God, what I can see is that I don't have the fuel in my tank. God, I, what I can see is I can't get lunch onto my kids uh, for school. God, I, there's so much that you could look around and there's just those moments. And I'm the only one where you've gone like, God, Finding it a bit difficult right now. I can see all this stuff, and sometimes it just, it just find, I find it difficult. God, I want to trust you. I definitely want to trust you, but sometimes it can seem hard. You know, we have the series starting God Can, and I believe that because I, go, I believe God can change the situation. I suppose the question is, Will God? How many of you ever been there? Will God do for me what He did for that other person? Will God come through for me on the miracles, on my healing, on the stuff that I need? 
And that's where I get stuck sometimes. But I wanna let you know that we do serve a mighty God who does love you and He can do it. It doesn't take away the fact that He's able to do it. And some of you sitting here today go, I trusted God in a very difficult situation, but now I struggle to trust Him because I prayed in faith and it didn't come through and I'm still in the same position I was. I wanna let you know that's why we're doing this series, God Can, is to let you know that you can trust God in this season and that you, that God can and God will. But there's a part for us to play. And so in this five-part series, I wanna deal with one topic, which is the first topic, and that is, can I trust God to save my family and my friends? And the answer is yes. It's emphatically yes. You can trust God because if you, you can trust Him, He can. And it's about a faith step that we've got to keep stepping into each season. Even when it doesn't look like it's even possible, God still can. It doesn't take away that He can. So the title this morning is God Can Save My Family and My Friends. But first, before we get into today, I want to pray and trust God to speak into our hearts that we're gonna need His Word and we're gonna need the power of the Holy Spirit to help us discern these times. And so while we enter this morning by just trusting, like getting into a quiet space and let's open in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank You for Your living Word. We thank You for the power of Your Holy Spirit. God, we ask You to do what we cannot do ourselves, Father God. Help us to put our trust in You to surrender and to be obedient, irrelevant of what the situation looks like, God, will you help us to just see what you want us to see. Align us with your will in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Come on, Luke chapter five. We're gonna be in Luke chapter five today and we're gonna be telling a story about some fishermen. If you are following in your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn to Luke chapter five. Um, in the meantime, I'm gonna give, paint a bit of context for you. And so currently Jesus is actually busy running a view group. Okay, because he, he, Jesus knows that we learn in rows, but we grow in circles. Eh? So Jesus is actually sitting at the shore of Lake of uh, Gennesaret. And he's actually, there are people and crowds coming around. And so Jesus has started to teach the word. Can you picture it with me for a moment? There's, there's like a, a little embankment that goes down. Anyone ever been to a river? Embankment going on, people sitting around the embankment and Jesus is sitting there teaching the word of God, and all of a sudden, more people start to arrive. More people are coming to hear what Jesus has to say. And so, Jesus notices two boats sitting at the shore with fishing nets next to them. And Jesus goes, Whose boats are these? And Simon goes, Well, it's my boat, Rabbi. And then he says to him, Well, can we get in your boat and you can just take me a little bit out off the shore and I will teach from there? And I don't know why Jesus chose to do this. Maybe it's because the crowd started to grow and people, they needed more space. Or maybe it's because Jesus wanted to make an example and he wanted to teach and make it a teachable moment. But for whatever reason, Jesus is now on the boat and he's teaching to the crowds. Are you with me? Let's go from verse four. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Everybody look down the person next to you and say, let down your nets. Look to the other person and say, let down your nets. And why don't you rap to the person in front of you, let down your nets. No, I'm not. Come on, let down your nets. When he had finished speaking, he said, let down your nets. And so Simon answered, master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. 
Let's just stop there for a moment. <laughs> Have you been in that position where you spoke to somebody that's an expert and you're trying to tell them how to do their job? Hey, can you picture it for a moment? Like Simon and his crew have been out all night and they're trying to catch fish, okay? They are expert fishermen. This is what they do for a living. You can't tell them how to do it better. They know everything. How many of you ever know those fishermen? My dad used to take us to the Transcar and you get those border fishermen. I used to arrive with spark plugs. I don't know why my father, we never bought sinkers. We had spark plugs, old spark plugs. They always get stuck in the rocks. But then you get these border fishermen, they come and then all of a sudden they just start whipping out fish. And you're like, how did you do that? And they go, oh no, you see how the water moves over there. That fish does that and that one behaves like that. And so they actually like, if you, you learn how the ocean works, you'll know how to catch fish. And so this is Simon. He knows how the ocean works. He knows how, how to catch fish. And so all of a sudden he comes in and Jesus, this rabbi, comes and sits in his boat and says to him, go back out and let down your nets. I mean, he must have thought, well, I don't mean to be rude, Rabbi, but you don't need to tell me how to do this. Like, we, we know how to do this. Like, you, you're telling me how to, it reminds me of sometimes I ask Frank in our church, like, I'm not a handy guy, so I go to Frank, I want to do this. We can do this. And Frank's just so polite and humble. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I come back and Frank did nothing that I asked him to do. And he did it way better than I could have ever done it. But Frank's actually in his mind going, yeah, that's not going to work, but, <laughs> but I'll, I'll do it. But Frank actually achieves the goal even better than I could have. But I can imagine in that moment, Frank's so humble going like, here's this guy trying to tell somebody who's actually an expert at something, how to do something. But I can picture this is the scene. It's like, go back out and let down your nets. It's crazy. Master, what are you asking me to do? What you're asking me to do makes no sense. How many of you know sometimes what God asks you to do doesn't make any sense? Eh? You've been in that position where it just doesn't make any sense. So often uh, when God asks us to put our trust in Him, it kind of makes us feel silly. Eh? Like how many of you have ever heard that scripture? Like you get people that quote scripture to you when you're in a very hard time. Okay, you've got nothing, you're struggling, you're trying to just make it to the ends meet and somebody says, don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will take care of itself. And you're like, okay. What does it even mean? I mean, it's actually easy to quote that to somebody else, but sometimes when you're in this situation, how's your trust? How are you feeling? How are you quoting yourself? Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Or maybe you're in that position where it doesn't make a whole lot of sense and, and you, you're struggling with somebody at work and you're in a conflict and your boss is being, and somebody just says to you, bless those who persecute you. You're like, huh? That doesn't make any sense. Why would I do that? Well, Scripture says to you, don't lean on your own understanding. And you're like, well, what am I going to lean on? <laughs> I need to pay the bills. <laughs> like, how, what do I lean on? And sometimes what God asks us to do doesn't make any sense, but He just requires us to have faith to take that step. Hey? It just, we just need that faith to take step. Master, what you're asking me to do is unreasonable. I can imagine Simon's mind. I want to trust you but I need help with this. And so I want to give you two prayers, not points, because I think prayer is a powerful weapon, not points. And so today I don't want to give you any points. I want to give you two prayers that can help you grow in your trust, in trusting God, knowing that God can. And so today I hope that this prayer will be something you write down, you keep and you pray over regularly. And so the first prayer that I want to give you today is, Lord, help me to obey even when I don't understand. 
We see the simple and practical way lived out in the way that Simon responds to Jesus. Let's go back to verse five. It actually says this. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. Come on, why don't you repeat this with you? But because, but because you say so, I'll let down my nets. Come on, let's, say, let's just say, because you say so. You see, Simon is saying, we just got to realize who we got our faith in. So he's saying, I've tried it, it doesn't work, but because you say so, I will do it. Sometimes we need to go to God and go, because you say so, I'll do it. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but I don't think it really needs to. Lord, help me to obey even when I don't understand. This makes no sense to me, but because you are asking me to do it, because of who you are, God, I am choosing to trust you in Jesus' name. And this action leads us to this thought and this point. You don't have to understand completely to obey immediately. How many of you love reading? Okay, so I read a lot of leadership books and Christian books and, and, and church books, and, but sometimes I like to read a bit of fun books, okay? So Wilbur Smith is like one of those authors that I absolutely love. I'm an adventurous person by spirit, and he always captures this imagination as he speaks about um, kind of different places that he goes to in Africa, and, and I just love it, and I just recently finished a, a Wilbur Smith book. But here's the thing. How many of you start a book by reading the back page? Now, one of us. How do you start a book? You start on the first page. You see, a lot of us want to have the whole story figured out before we even want to start on the first page. And in order to get started, you actually just need to start with a small thing. And that start with a small page. Sometimes God's just telling you, you trying to figure out, God, why don't I have this all together? Sometimes you don't need to have it all together. You just need to be obedient and start on the first page. A lot of times we think... We think of trusting in God is like a big thing. God's going to send you on a missions trip where He's going to ask you to change countries. Or, and, but actually, I've learned, in my experience, I've found that we grow in our faith and our trust in God. It often starts with trusting Him with something small. It's just in the small thing. And sometimes it's that small little act of faith that re- leads us to our bigger blessing, to the bigger miracle. I had this friend, Stephen, and he got onto drugs. We were best friends as a youngster. And we couldn't find Stephen. There was a stage where we were looking for him and just couldn't find him. Stephen had gotten onto the worst drugs. Like not, not the type of stuff that you watch that look like party scenes on Netflix. And this is the ugly stuff. The stuff that takes your life away. And so Stephen had shrunk and become nothing. He had sold everything and he was stuck. And look, I was trying to connect with his mom, find out where is Stephen? She goes, I don't know. The last I'd heard he's in some township. Like we just, we didn't know where he was. And I was praying and praying, God, will you just change Stephen? He, were, he didn't believe in God. He, he just, he was one of those friends that was so lost and had just prayed and fasted constantly. I just really, until one day, I'd reached a point that I just thought it's just too difficult to trust God for this anymore. So I don't think God wants to save Stephen. And we were at a surf group in Van Riebeck Strand and a friend of mine, Martin, was there for a surf day. And I said to him, you know, Martin, I've prayed for everyone, but this one guy, I just don't think God, actually his plan is to actually see him saved. Martin said, no, that's rubbish. Most of you know Martin, he leads our, our one way and he's an amazing family that just, they help with addiction recovery. And so Martin said, let's pray for him. 
And I love that. It was the first step of faith. Martin's going, you don't have the faith. Let's, I'll have faith with you. And we prayed for him. But little did I know that a week earlier, he had already gone to Hope Farm and he was getting into an addiction recovery program that six months later, he came out and gave his life to Christ. And today... He's actually part of our View Church Tigerberg uh, location. He's got a family of three. His wife is amazing. She's beautiful. He runs his own business and he even looks like a beefcake these days. What is impossible with God? What is impossible with him? Martin's faith to just go, we enter from a place of prayer. Prayer is powerful, guys. And sometimes we think it's the only thing you got. No, if it's the only thing you got, then that's the best thing you need. Actually, just keep praying for that. And I just believe it was that act of faith that leads to another thing. You might have a family member, a mom, a dad, a sister, a neighbor, somebody at the gym, somebody at your work that you're trusting for. Maybe they need breakthrough in healing. Maybe they need breakthrough in salvation. Maybe they need breakthrough in their finances. Maybe they need breakthrough in their marriages. Maybe they need breakthrough in their their family situation. I wanna tell you something, that God is our breakthrough because He can. And I wanna let you know that you can trust God with those things. The smallest act of obedience can lead to bigger miracles. Why don't you just start praying for them? Why don't you just start praying for them? Start on the first page. Let's see what God can do. I want to tell you why. Because the cost of obedience is so small compared to the cost of disobedience. And all we need to do is just be obedient with the small things. That's all God's asking us to do. Proverbs 3 verses 5 actually says this. says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not rely on your own understanding. Well, some of the scriptures say, uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own knowledge, okay? Or insight. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. Do you know the word acknowledge here? How do we know God? Well, we, the Hebrew word is called yada. It's to get to know Him intimately. When we are in the Word, when we are in prayer, when we are in relationship, we get into a yada relationship with God. We get into this personalized relationship with God and we become closer to Him. There's a Hebrew word for the word trust and it's called batak and it means to hold on. Now, not just hold on uh, in the sense of just holding a cup. I'm talking about hold on. How many of you all been on a roller coaster and you had to hold on? How many of you ever gone down a foofy slide and you're holding on and you're like, I'm not letting this thing go. And you go and you hold on. This is to hold on for dear life. It's to hold on with everything that you go and to not let go. But tuck, that is what the word trust means. And sometimes we just got to hold on to God, even when it seems difficult, even when it doesn't make sense. And God gave me this picture when I was moving from uh, uh, work life or whatever you call it. I was working for TFG, which is uh, in the fashion industry. And I was moving into full-time ministry. um, And he gave me this picture of this trapeze artist. Can we get that up? This trapeze artist. And that scripture actually came to mind. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge Him and He'll make your path straight. That's all I needed to know. But you know what? I had that scripture in my heart for a while. <laughs> and I was like, this guy over here. But I was holding on and I was going, God's got a plan for ministry. Woo, here we go. 
no, 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 not now, God. I'm just gonna go. And then you go again. Let me go again. Ah, and don't let go. And I come back. How many of you all been in that situation? You need to trust God to let go of your situation. But all you're doing is hanging on because that moment comes to let go. And you're like, whoa, not bad, not now. Anybody been there? I reckon that little rope over there is your own understanding. And sometimes we need to let go of something. How many of you all know you need to let go of something to go grab onto something new? And if we're gonna grab onto what God's got and hold on to Him with dear life, I wanna let you know that He's gonna receive you. He's not gonna leave you to jump yourself. He receives you and He holds you and you can hold on to Him. But tuck. But we need to let our own understanding sometimes go. That illusion of security starts to fade away when we're holding on to God. When we hold on to Jesus, we know who our provider is. He's Jehovah Jireh. And He's good and He's faithful. Hang on to the promises of God. No matter what you're going through, hang on to the promises of God. I'll tell you why. Because the outcome is God's responsibility. Obedience is yours. That's all we need to do. Just be obedient and faithful with what God has for us. Can I get the worship team up? Lord, help me to obey even when I don't understand. The small acts lead to the bigger miracles. And we can see that in the story as it unfolds in Luke chapter uh, 5, verse 6. It says, when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish, right? That their nets began to break. How many of you know that that would never have happened if they didn't let down their nets? Maybe God's asking you to reach out to somebody by just letting down your net. But their breakthrough is being postponed because of your step of obedience. Hey, maybe we just need to let down our nets. The breakthrough, let's see what God can do. Come on, guys. Began to break. So they singled, they, they signaled all their partners and all the other boats to come and help them. And they came and they filled the boats. And it was so full that the boats began to sink. They spent all night. If they tried to catch fish, they got nothing. It made no sense. They trusted God. They let down their nets. And what happened? A miracle starts to break through. Just because of one faithful step of let down your nets, reach out. The second prayer that we can pray is this. Lord, help me to surrender what I cannot control. I love this because Simon obeys and he lets down his nets and he's so surprised by the amount of fish that comes in that he now suddenly realises that Jesus is not just some rabbi, that Jesus is the Holy One and his eyes are open. How many of you have ever been in that position when your eyes are open to who Jesus is and all of a sudden you see all your sin and you feel dirty and you notice everything you've ever done wrong and you think you've got to sort that all out before you can come to Jesus. Yesterday during the game, it was so inspiring to see Sia's response as the game came to an end. I don't know how many of you saw it. Sia almost watches the game. The game comes to an end. He turns around almost so intentionally and runs back for Cheslin Colby, who's been sitting on the side of the field with his jersey on thinking, have I made a mistake? 
Am I gonna remember and regret this mistake for the rest of my life? And he's holding on. I bet he was praying because we know Cheslin loves God. And I reckon he's praying and Sia automatically knows that, turns around, runs straight. There are people coming up to greet. Sia kind of side passes and gets straight to Cheslin. You know what? He needed him to know there's hope. You fought a good fight. We won the fight. Don't give up. I reckon that would have been Jesus' response to Simon as he fell to Jesus' feet and said, I'm a sinful man. And Jesus comes running and embraces him, picks him up and says, come on, there's still hope. God's not done. He's only getting began. He's only getting started. I love this. Luke chapter 5, verses 10. But check what Jesus' response is. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, why don't you say that out loud? From now on. I want to hear it nice and loud. From now on. And we as Christians need a from now on moment. We are so stuck in our past, the things we've done wrong. Jesus has paid for those things. He, he, there, there is no condemnation for the ones that come to, to Christ. I want to let you know, let go of those things. From now on, follow Christ. Move to the direction He wants you to move to. Peter said, don't worry. I want to use your gifts. But you all your understanding, I don't want to neglect that, but I'm going to use it for the furtherance of the kingdom in Jesus' name. And it says that they left everything and what they did with their nets, they just left their nets. That, that, was, their, that was their provision. It was, they'd seen so much of what God did. They were happy to leave their comfort or their hope. What's your net? What's your thing you're holding on? God's asking you, just let that go. God, I don't know if I can ask them. They, they don't believe in you. And if I ask them to come to church, might feel, well, just leave that. Let it go. Let God, go and ask that person. And let God do what He's going to do. I love this because He has a point. Simon's first thing was to let down his nets. The second thing was to lay down his nets, to let them go. He let control, not in his hands, but in God's hands. So he stepped in obedience and then he surrendered to what God was going to do with that in faith in Jesus' name. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Come on. Not your strength. God's strength. I want to let you know, you, whatever you are trusting God for, that family member, that healing, whatever it is, don't lose trust. Keep the faith. Trust in Him. He won't let you go. He will not disappoint you. But don't try and control the situation. Just trust God with it and surrender to it. Allow Him to do what He's going to do. You don't always have to have the power to control, but you do have to have the power to surrender. Come on. God can do way more with surrender than He can with your control. Trust Him. He loves you. And in this moment, I just want to take a, a moment. We're on each of your chairs, we've got a God can little card. Can you hold this up for me? Just so I can see that everybody's got one. If you haven't got one, you can just give us a wave and our team will get to it. There's a pen in the chair in front of you. We're gonna allow worship just to flow for about a minute, okay? And we're gonna use this time 
for you to write down who you trust in God for this Christmas season. Who are you trusting God for? Who do you believe God wants to save and wants to use you to reach out to them? So why don't you take this moment and pray over it and write down that name. Take a practical step in the right direction, a small step that could lead to something more powerful. Come on, why don't we just take a moment to do that quickly? While we're in this place of worship, I can just feel the tangible presence of the Holy Spirit here this morning. If God's speaking to you personally, and maybe you needing, you're the one that is needing to put your own name on that card. I encourage you to do that today. Maybe you want to receive Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, and your first step is just a step of obedience. You don't have to know the whole story to start with the first part. You don't have to earn your way because Jesus paid for your guilt. He's paid for your shame and He calls you by your name. But there's only one that calls you by your guilt and your shame and that's the devil. But Jesus conquered him at the cross. And because of what Jesus did as a sacrifice, His blood that was slain on that cross was for you and He paid the price, the sacrifice once and for all. So you never have to. You can't earn your way to God but you can invite Him and receive Him into your heart. And the Bible says He stands at the door and He knocks. And this morning, He may be standing at your door. And your first step is just obedience. And if, there's that, if that is you, I wanna just pray for you quickly. On the count of three, can you give me a wave so I know who I'm praying for? One, God loves the world so much. Two, that He gave His beloved only Son. Three, that whoever believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. Can you give us, can you just stick your hand up into the air? So thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for those hands, Lord. We thank You for each and every person, Lord, that You are speaking to right now, Lord. The life change that's already started. Thank You, Jesus. We thank You, Lord. Church, can we pray together? Lord God, we thank You. That You love us. There was a plan for us. And it was a relationship with You. Lord, I invite You into my heart again. Forgive me of my sins. I want to focus on You. Will You transform my life from the inside out? I want to serve You for the remainder of my days. And all God's people said, Amen. Can we let out a praise and just thank God for each of those people? I just quickly, as Chris is going to come up now, I want to let you know that another practical step is you've written down that name. You could put it in the bucket at the end and your church would love to pray with you. So we're gonna pray over those cards with you. And I'll ask you to continue praying for that person. But secondly, we've got our Christmas production coming up on the last week of November. And this is a great practical step. We create these moments so that you can invite people. And so why don't you get them a ticket to join us at the Christmas production? This year, we have decided to to sell these tickets for 10 Rand, not because we need money but because we know other people do. And so we are selling these tickets for 10 Rand a ticket. And the reason we're doing it is all the proceeds we are collecting out of our Christmas production, we wanna do something and bless our community. We're putting all that proceeds to feeding vulnerable people in our community across Danoon, across Volverifi and in Hout Bay. And we are gonna put it into the projects that we, we, so when you buy this ticket, know that it's guilt-free that you are making a difference by this ticket by attending. But I encourage you, buy one for you, for your family. But why don't you buy one for the person's name that you just wrote down today and invite them to join us. Who knows what God can do with your small obedience and your trust.